Hey, thanks for joining us at Praise Chapel. We hope you enjoy this message from our midweek service with Pastor Rudy Lugo. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. Amen. It's good to be in the house of God tonight. Amen. Amen. It's good to see my brother Richard right here, and he's representing tonight. Uh, on, on Father's Day on Sunday, I'm going to bring my jersey, and he's wearing the right jersey. He's wearing an angel's jersey tonight. Come on. It's me and you, brother. Stand together. We always do. But <laughs> anyways, we like to have fun in the house of God. But let me pray before I start. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for another night to come to be in your presence. Lord, we thank you for your goodness and your grace tonight. We thank you because you are faithful, Lord. And tonight, we just ask for you to pour out your spirit over every person here tonight, Lord. Father, I pray every distraction is removed from our thoughts and that we would receive from you all that you would have for us tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, uh, I titled this message, uh, Rivers in in a Dry Wasteland. And I felt it appropriate just in my life, too, because there are times we'll find ourselves in a dry place. You know, whether you know the Lord, known the Lord for a long time or you're new to the Lord, sometimes we can find ourselves where, you know, we're kind of tired and we're kind of dry, dry in our spirit. So I'm going to get into that tonight and share that. My text is going to be out of the book of Exodus. So if you have your Bible or your Bible app there, you can, you can turn there uh, to chapter 14. And I'm going to get into it in just a few moments here. But most of you know that you know, after I got out of the Air Force, I've spent my whole career in sales. And I spent a lot of time in the medical field or medical industry selling medical devices and implants, uh, more specifically in neurosurgery. And I share that tonight because when God put me in that position, I had an opportunity to talk to a lot of medical and scientific professionals that didn't really believe in the things of God. You know, they're thinking, well, if I can't see it, I don't believe it. If I can't prove it, I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to trust it. And, but I had a lot of opportunity because working with neurosurgeons, I had the opportunity to spend time with them in their office or on a, on a business trip somewhere. So I'd always share what God had done in my life. I was so excited. I was so excited to share with them that where God took me from. You know, I didn't have anything growing up, and, and I was miserable at times. And, you know, uh, I, had a broken, I grew up in a broken home, and, and I didn't know what was going to happen in my life a lot. But they didn't seem to, I mean, they, they said, oh, that's good for you. But they didn't, weren't really to receive what I was saying. You know, they, they, they weren't really to re- ready to receive anything supernatural. They were like, oh, okay, that's good for you. you know, that's good that you feel better. Um, uh, but uh, you know what? That, it's fine. It, 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 there was no interest. So a lot of time it fell on deaf ears. It wasn't really received well, but it didn't discourage me because I kept sharing it and sharing it. And, and there were times when I would meet other doctors that would, they were growing up in the faith. They didn't really practice, but they had a faith in God. They knew who God was, but they, weren't, they didn't have a relationship with the Lord. And, and from that time, you know, I, I would go through my career, and I heard about a neurosurgeon who, who wrote a book on his experience with God. With God. And, and, I, and I had never read it, though, and then I was given a book recently uh, by a friend uh, about this neurosurgeon who wrote this book about his near-death experience. And this doctor's name, his name is Dr. Alexander. He's a neurosurgeon. And he was the guy, like most professionals, that he always had trouble in believing that there was a loving God out there because he spent his career uh, uh, trying to help patients that had, you know, cancerous tumors and doing surgery. 
uh, in the brain and saying, man, if there was a loving God, why would this happen? Why would it happen to a baby? And why would it happen just at a random age? If, it wasn't, if, if, they, if there wasn't like a history of it, why was it happening? Was God really real? I don't believe in this supernatural healing stuff. Even though he, was a, he, was, he had his career going, he, he, you know, he was a surgeon, he was a renowned surgeon, he was doing well, his life was never really easy in the beginning. You know, he, he grew up, uh, he, he was given up for adoption when he was a baby. Um, and, and through his career, through school, he always reached out. He tried to reach out to his biological parents, and, and nobody, it would always hit a dead end and no, no response or no answer. And then finally one time, you know, he was, he was trying, he was trying. His family told him, you know, don't give up. His, his adopted family, don't give up. Keep trying, keep trying. They'll, they'll answer. And there was breakthrough one day, and they said, hey, uh, we found your biological mother. But she doesn't want to reconnect with you. So everything he felt, he was thinking to himself, and in his book he's writing, you know, if there was a living, a loving God, would he allow this in my life? So everything he came up to, whenever he would ask himself that question, it was always no. No, God wouldn't, God wouldn't allow this in my life. So because of that, even though he was a surgeon, he was doing well on the outside, you know, how many know we can wear different faces on the outside and we're hurting in the inside? Even though he was feeling that way, uh, he, was, he, was, he was spiraling out of control. He started, he started going into alcoholism and drinking a lot. He was going into a deep depression, and his family noticed it. And they said, no, something's wrong with him. He, he's not into his you know, academic study as much. He, he's doing less at work. You know, he's, he's pulling away. And so they, they kept encouraging him, keep trying. Don't give up. It's going to happen for you one day. And one day, he said, I'm going to try one more time. And he wrote a letter. He said, you know what, to whom it may concern, he said, I understand your reservations. I'll respect it. I just hope one day in this life that, that you will allow a connection. I just want to know who I am, where I come from, my family. And to his amazement, she responded. It was his sister. His biological sister responded. And once they met, it was like everything he had been missing in life, every hole he had been missing was filled instantly. And from her, he met his biological mother, his brothers and sisters, and his family. He was, he was amazed by that. And life seemed to make sense after all to him. Even though he was still struggling, was God really real? And the reason why he thought that a lot, because a lot of the patients that would come in sick, and they would say, Dr. God spoke to me. I'm going to be fine. He's like, okay. He would be respectful. Okay, that's good to think that way. Be positive, right? But in his mind, he was like, God is allowing these things, but he can't be real. He can't be. The whole book is, you know, he was always saying, like most medical professionals, if they don't know the Lord and they're scientifically based, you know, all their study, they think, well, this is the way things are, and God's not going to heal you supernaturally. The right medication, the right procedure, that's going to help you. And that was his life. The answer was no. There was no God. And then all of a sudden, one day he woke up. He had a severe headache and he, a back pain. He couldn't even walk. And his wife's like, what's wrong? Are you okay? And he goes, I don't know what's wrong. She goes, let me get you some water. And all of a sudden, she came back, and he's seizuring. He's having a seizure. So she calls the ambulance, and they rush him out, and they get him to the hospital. And all of a sudden, where a healthy doctor went to bed one night, and the next day, he was, near a, he was in a fatal disease. He had a fatal illness. All of a sudden, it came upon him. He was suffering. He had contracted an illness by the name of uh, bacterial meningitis, which affects your brain. It starts to eat your brain. And, and, and all of a sudden, he was going into, uh, uh, into a coma. So to make a long story short out of this, he went into a coma, a deep, deep coma for seven days. So bad so at the end of that seven days, his colleagues and his friends that were surgeons, they told his family, look, 
he's at this stage now. He's been in a coma, a deep coma. A lot of his brain has shut down already. He's just breathing because we're helping him to breathe. Even if he comes out of this, right now we know that the mortality rate for this at seven days is 97%. Those that will survive will be, will be in a vegetative state. They'll be need to take care of. So why don't we stop the medications because they're not working and let nature take its course? Right when he said that, uh, his, his sister-in-law, the doctor, said, wait a minute, let me, let me go check him. She just got a feeling. She grabbed his hand and said, We're not, you're not done here yet. And he opened his eyes. Out of seven days in a deep coma, deep coma, he woke up. All of a sudden, he woke up. And they're looking at him. She's going, saying, doctor, doctor, come here. His wife ran in. Everybody's in there. They're freaking out because he's sitting up. He says, what are you doing here? And they're like, are you okay? And then, and then right after that, in the next couple of days, his mind was trying to reset and catch up. So he was saying things that didn't make sense, remembering stuff of his past. But he didn't seem all there. So they were thinking, okay, are there going to be any neuro- neurological uh, effects, any, any brain damage? But as he, day by day, he got better and better and was restored completely. To this day, this happened about 11 years ago. To this day, he has no uh, neurological damage, defects, anything. But he has a story to tell. You can give God some praise for that. To this day, there's no scientific explanation of what healed him automatically. They only say it must have been a miracle. And so he has a story to share, uh, and he's been sharing it, you know, what that uh, even though we're in this body, we have, we have a soul, we have a spirit. And, 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 and God spoke to me. God revealed himself to me, and there's so much more. So he wants to share this story now. And, and it's exciting because... You know, somebody that's so, he studied all his life science. No God in my life. All of a sudden, I get so sick, I'm on my deathbed, I'm going to die. And I'm, I'm miraculously healed when nobody's been healed before like that. Is God trying to get his attention or what? See, God will do that sometime in our lives. And I like what the book says because he's talking. He says, most doctors, most doctors say that science and spirituality can't coexist together. We're wrong. We're wrong. This is a neurosurgeon saying we're wrong. He says this to sum it up. He says this in the book. He says, it doesn't matter who you are. doesn't matter where you come from or where you are right now. You are loved by God. You are loved by God tonight. You are loved by God. And one thing, he, he quoted Albert Einstein, and that, and that quote is so dear to me because some of you know that my son was born early. He was born one pound, and he was in the NICU about eight years ago. And outside the NICU door, there's a, there's a list of preemies of, of of guys that are renowned and famous, and Albert Einstein is one of them. He was, he was a premature baby. And there's a quote by him, and it says this, and it stuck to my heart, and when I read it again, it was an instant connection. It says, there are two ways to live your life. One, as if though nothing is a miracle, and the other is if everything is. That day in the NICU, I chose to believe everything is a miracle, and today I live like everything is a miracle. The Lord is in control of all things. Every situation you're in now, He's the reason you're going to get through it. He's the reason that you're going to get through it, that you're going to be strengthened. When you call upon his name, Jesus, he makes everything better. Can I tell you this, church, that, that God doesn't cause your problems, but he will allow them. And, and the truth is that the Lord will allow these things in our lives for you to learn, for you to grow. He'll take those situations and turn them around for his glory. Amen. Do you believe that tonight? If you do, say amen. 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 So, so if you have your Bibles ready, I'm going to jump into the word. 
But I wanted to share that story because it was so profound and kind of leads into my message tonight. But in Exodus chapter 14, I'm going to read 1 through 4. And it should be on the screen as well. It says, Then the Lord gave these instructions to Moses. Order the Israelites to turn back and camp by Pi-Hathoroth between Migdal and the sea. Camp there along the shore across from Baal-Zephon. Then Pharaoh will think the Israelites are confused. They are trapped in the wilderness. Once again, I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will chase after you. I have planned this in order to display my glory through Pharaoh and his whole army. And after the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Listen to this. He says this, and after this, the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that right now, your situation, and God tells you, I'm going to harden their heart, and they're going to chase you. Can you imagine right now what you're going through? God, God's going to send your enemy after you. You know, you're, you're worried. You don't know what's going to happen, but don't worry. I'm going to make them more mad at you, and I'm going to have them chase you down. <laughs> I just thought that was, man, how would I feel about that? Picture this. During this time, you know, Pharaoh lets God's people go. We know, you know Moses goes, let my people go, and Pharaoh agrees to let them go. And Moses is leading the Israelites into the promised land, just to give you, that's where they're at right now. And, and if you imagine the Israelites at that time, they're probably tired, right? They're probably hungry. They've been walking. They don't know how long the journey is, but it doesn't matter because they want to get away from Pharaoh. They want to get away from that old slave life, right? But then all of a sudden, Moses tells them, hey, we're going to turn back, and we're going to camp right here by the shore. You know, they're probably confused, like, okay, why are we stopping? Why are we going back? But, hey, at least we're free, right? All of a sudden, they see the Egyptian army coming for them, and they're coming fast, and the enemy's coming fast. And right there, they start freaking out, and they're like, well, we've been telling you, you know, why do we listen to you? What have you done to us? We were better off being slaves. Amen. You see that? We're better off. We should have stayed there. Now they're going to come and kill us. And they're complaining to Moses. They're complaining. You can imagine Moses going, God. What do I do? They're complaining. They're, they'd rather been back where they were. But church, does this sound familiar? Does it sound familiar that in times of our lives and we don't understand and we're going through things and what God is doing and, and, and that this, the situation is, is uncomfortable? It's uncomfortable and we start to complain. We might say things like, man, I never had these issues before I came to church. Man, the devil keeps attacking me. People keep bothering me. All these things are happening right now. Why, God, why is this happening? I was better off living a life of sin in the world. Who said that in here? No, I'm just kidding. Don't say that. Don't raise your hand. <laughs> but could it be, church, could it be, church, that right now that you're in the trial that you've been in or that, you're, that you've been in right now and, you're, and you want to know why? Maybe that trial God is setting up to display his glory, not just to you, but to those that are tormenting you, those that are bothering you, your situation that you're in. God is allowing it for a season because he's going to build you up, and all of a sudden he's going to be glorified. Amen? Amen. I, in that story right there, the Egyptians are in hot pursuit, right? They're coming. They want to get them. They're saying, let's go get those guys. You know, uh, Pharaoh's giving the command. They're going to get them. And right at the, the right time, this is right before they get to the Red Sea. Now they have nowhere else to go. They're at the Red Sea, and okay, where do we go now? We're going to die, right? And then God shows up right in the middle of the Israelites and the Egyptian army. And what does God do right there? He tells Moses, what are you waiting for? Part the Red Sea, man. Wave your hand over it. Them, the, that miracle that they witnessed, uh, stay with me. I'm, I'm building up to it, but think about that. They're right there at the Red Sea. The Red Sea right there, there's no way they're going to get crossed. They're probably looking for boats. What are we going to do? There's not enough boats. There's How many of us are there? And they're freaking out. But when God shows up in, in, in a mighty way, when he comes down in between them, and they don't know what to do, and all of a sudden they see this miraculous thing happening, 
and, and, and Moses goes and, and he waves his hand and God lifts the water from the ground and all of a sudden they can walk through. All this is happening right in front of their eyes. Can you imagine that in your mind? How massive the Red Sea is to be lifted and parted. And all of a sudden, the enemy sees this. And in Exodus chapter 14, verse 25, it's going to be up there. The Egyptians shouted, let's get out of here, away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Can you imagine that? They're yelling this. They're yelling, the Lord is with them. I can imagine that, church, in our situation. Our situation, we're going through it, and we're not sure why. We're not sure what God is doing, but at the right time, God always shows up. And there's so many testimony. People testify. I didn't know what I was going to do, but God showed right up. I can tell you this. In your situation, don't lose heart. Believe that God is with you. He's going to show up at the right time. And when he does, your enemy's going to say, let's get out of here. This is a child of God. The Lord is fighting for them. Oh, man, church, God lines this up for you. He knows where you're at right now. He knows what you're feeling right now. Am, am I in the right place tonight? Do you ask yourself that? When you come to church, when you're tired and you've been at work and you've had a hard day or you've had a hard season and God hasn't answered your prayer, should I go to church tonight? I'm tired, though. I worked hard today. I don't have time to go to church. Oh, God hasn't answered my prayer anyways. But should I go still? God's waiting for you. He's waiting for you to show up. I'll tell you. Amen. Praise God. And there are times, church, when, when we're uncertain. Let me get some water here before I dry out. And, and this, the dry wasteland's in my throat, I think. Amen. The devil's a liar. Amen. You may think, church, right now in your situation, whatever you're going through, God knows, right? And, and it, might, it might seem like a long, like a, a long ways you've been in it. You've been, you've been walking through it, and there's no end in sight. And, and it may seem like you're headed in, in destruction. It may seem that God is leading you somewhere you don't want to go, or you don't know why God is doing it, but God is leading you. He's leading you through right, right where you're at, right where you're at. You might have put yourself in that position, but God is with you. He knows we're going to make mistakes. He knows we're going to do things that we shouldn't do, but we do them anyways. But he's with you. He doesn't leave you because you made a mistake. He's not like us when a friend hurts us and we walk away. Or a brother or sister. He stays with us to the end. I like what Psalm 77 says in 19 and 20. It says this. Your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters. A pathway no one knew was there. You led your people along that road like a flock of sheep with Moses and Aaron as their shepherds. You see, God is able. God is able to make a way through that situation. The road may be treacherous. It may seem like there's no way out. It may seem impossible. You don't see a pathway. Others may not see it. It says there. What does it say? It says, it says a pathway no one knew was there. Others might say, oh, I don't know about this one. This is a tough one. But there is a pathway. You may not see it. Your friends may not see it, but God knows what he's doing. He does things in ways we don't understand or perceive, right? We know what, we know what Isaiah 55, 8 says. It's, it's quoted a lot. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. That's true because we try to understand God and why God's doing it this way because, or I don't know why God's doing it this way. What is he doing? He knows because our thoughts are not his and our ways are not his as well. We have to trust the Lord in every situation, even when we can't see the way out. You see, you've been asking God over and over again, and how am I going to get through this? But God is saying to you, you showed up tonight. I'm already working on your behalf. 
You did the hardest part. You came this way. You broke through. You weren't going to come to church tonight. And you said, I'm going to go anyways. Because God has something for me. And when you come with an expectant heart, God moves. When you come and display the little bit of faith that sometimes we have, God moves. So you're in the right place tonight. Watch God move tonight. I like what he says. He's already working on your behalf. Don't you see? In Isaiah 43, 19, it says, I am about to do something new. Come on. I see, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland for you. Oh, no matter what you're going through, you feel like you're in a dry wasteland. See, God will move. God will open up these rivers for you, a river of blessing, a river of hope, a river, a river of love. All those things you're looking for that you need right now, God could create that. He's the only one that can create something out of nothing tonight. Amen? <laughs> only the Lord can do that. I'm telling you, church, you may not see it. You may not feel it tonight. But the Lord has something good for you. And he is faithful. We know he's faithful. See, there will be times in our lives when, you know what, in reality, the trial and, and, and going back might seem easiest. Giving up might seem like the easiest thing. Temptation might be the easier way, but it's not God's way. It's not God's way. We know that when you're feeling up and you're feeling, when you're going through ups and downs and, and, and the temptation is right there to go back, it was easier. It's easy to say, I can give in and go back. It's easy to say, that that slave life was easy when I was in the world, when I was trapped in bondage on drugs and alcohol and all those things I used to do, it was easier. But that's a lie from the pit of hell tonight. That's a lie because God will always make a way out. He'll show you the way out. He's with you all the time. He doesn't leave you. When you're dry and you're in a wasteland, he brings the rivers, the rivers that you're looking for, the river of life that you're looking for. He'll bring that. He'll overflow in abundance. God will show you that. He, he'll put, you're in a situation that others have been in. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, it's up there. The temptations in your life are no different from the, what others experience. And God is faithful. God will show you the way out. It's your decision. Do you stay there or do you move? Do you keep going? Sometimes God has you right now, right now where you're at. There's a reason for it. I can tell you for sure there's a reason for it. But you know what? God doesn't tell us because we can't handle the truth. You can't handle it. We can't handle it. I've heard it said one time that God will only light up a, a, a portion of the path to guide you. He doesn't want to show you the whole journey. It's funny because as I was reading this, I was reading the book of Exodus, he told me why he doesn't show me. You see, there are times in our lives when, when uh, we want to know the answer. We want to know the end already. We're tired of the, of the, of the story already. We got the beginning. We got saved. We're happy. Now we're going through a trial. Okay, I want to get to the end already. But God doesn't want to show you. You know why? Because you might change your mind. Like, like when he told, when, uh, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead the Israelites through the shortest route. It says in, in Exodus chapter 13, if it's up there, verse 17, it says, when Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through the Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and go back to Egypt. God knows what he's doing. If he told you, oh, you're going to go through this, and you're going to go through this, you're like, uh, I don't want to go through that. I'm, I'm cool right here. My life's not that bad. Right? God knows what he's doing. And it's funny because when I'm talking, when I'm asking God, okay, show me different things, and all of a sudden I'll read a scripture that never made sense to, to me before. Um, and, and I was thinking about this, and I'm like, you know what? God, just show me. Show me where I need to go. Show me how to get there, and I'll do it. He says, really? What if I show you you have to go through this hard trial 
will you still be saying, show me? God knows what he's doing. How many times, how many times, how many times have I said, should I give up and go back? Can I tell you this, what's real? That God rescued you from your past. He will continue to lead you through your circumstance. He rescued you. You saw his power displayed in your life. It brought him glory. It brought him honor. And all of a sudden, you can go through another trial. God, are you able? He says, don't you remember what I did for you? Don't you remember when you were praying for an unsaved loved one and they came to the Lord? You didn't do that. I did. You've been praying for deliverance of alcohol or drugs. And all of a sudden, you said, I'm going to stop doing it. Did you do it? No. God did it. He removed that from you. When you said, God, I, don't, I want to be good. I want to do the right thing. I'm tired of people saying that I'm this and I'm that. They're labeling me. And all of a sudden, you're right. You're, you're raised up in a position of authority. And now you're, now you're an usher. In a, you're in ministry. You're an usher. You're, you're working for God. You're serving God. You're like, wow, praise God. I did that. I was strong enough. Sorry. God did that. God did that. He's the reason. He's the reason tonight. God always makes a way out. See, our hope, our hope perspective our whole perspective in, in life, and uh, it changes when we're in trouble. When we're in pain and, and, and trials hit hard. Even though we've been serving God, it doesn't matter the length of time. It doesn't matter if you're brand new, if you've been serving God 20 years. When a trial comes, it hurts. I just want to be real with you tonight because I don't want you to feel like, oh, it, you know, the way you feel right now, when you feel like you want to give up sometimes, that that's, that's not normal. It is. It, it can be tough, but we don't rely on our strength, Right? It's the Lord that brings us through every time. The Lord will bring you through. You have to know that. You have to, whenever you, wherever you're at in your walk and with, with the Lord and, and, and the God, God has allowed things in your life and you don't understand it, we need to trust him with our lives. And, and we need to show him, Lord, I trust you. I don't like what I'm going through, but I trust you. I know you're faithful. I know I can trust you. You've done it once and you can do it again. See, the will of God, it may seem tough at times, Right? And the enemy will try to, he'll, he'll, he'll give you a mirage or an illusion and say, oh, yeah, you can't go through that. He'll try to discourage you. Even though the will of God may look tough for you, it will never be where his presence is not. It'll never be where his presence is not. He is always available to help you, to strengthen you. I wrote four things down to remind me. And it's four simple things to remind me of when I'm in a trial. Four things. The first one I put in my trial, remember that God has allowed it. And he will use it for his glory. The second one, in my trial, God's presence is with me. He, I can always depend on him. In my trial, number three, in my trial, I need to learn from it. There's a lesson to be learned. Don't just go through it, right? You need to grow through it. And the fourth thing I put down, there are four simple things. In my trial, God's timing is perfect. You know why? Because there's a beginning to every trial and there's an ending. And in that trial, from beginning to end, I want it to be in the Lord's presence. I want, I want to know, I want to be confident that I'm going into it with God and I'm going to come out with it with God. Jesus does that. Jesus does that for us. You know, we, we read in, in the Bible and there's countless stories, you know, with things happening with people. Like, how are they going to get out of that with, with Sarah being barren in the beginning and, and Joseph going through all those trials and, and, and David rising up to king. All those things they went through. You, you know why God allows us insight? to those trials in their lives. I was thinking about this because God shows us their life. He shows us what they go through. He shows us the trial. He shows how they live. He shows how they respond. And then he shows us the outcome. Why does he do this? See, God doesn't want us to be surprised when you go through a trial. 
He's showing you examples of what happens when we go through a trial. In 1 Peter 4, 12, it says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange was happening to you. He's letting you know you're going to go through something. But I can make a way out. I'm with you. And the reason why God allows us to see the outcome, because God wants us to have the peace that we have victory. In John 16, Jesus says this. He says, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. That's your victory. No matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what you're going through. God knows it. You're not alone. Sometimes we may feel that way, right? And sometimes we allow ourselves to isolate ourselves and don't want to be around people. God has a word for you, but you want to stay home. God has a word for me to talk to a brother or sister, but you don't talk to them because you don't answer your text or your phone. Don't rob yourself from your blessing that God has for you. God has something for you. Amen. The truth is, church, that God allows our faith to be tested. Amen. He does. Do you have faith in your victory? Do you focus on your circumstance? What does Pastor Dave say? Or do you focus on the outcome? Don't focus on your circumstance. Focus on the outcome. God is with you. Sometimes we keep asking God, why, why, why? All of a sudden that why becomes whining, right? Becomes whining all of a sudden. The better question is who's with me? Jesus. Because when you can understand the who, you can stand the why. That's what you need. Who's with you tonight? Jesus. When you, when you have Jesus with you, you can stand the why you're going through it. You know why you're going through it. Amen. If I can have the, uh, the musicians come up, I'm going to get ready to close. Amen. I'm telling you, church, I, I, I've been there. I, I've been through some trials in my life. I've, I've had been through some things, and I've seen God faithful every time. I said this earlier uh, and when I was putting this together, but it, it makes so much sense to me that if God rescued you from your past, he will continue to lead you through your circumstance. He already brought you. He saved you. He brought you up through something that you thought you couldn't get out of. And all of a sudden, you're going through a trial again. He's still with you. Even when you make mistakes, even when we're not faithful, he still is. What you need, Jesus has. There are things in your life that, that, that sometimes we hold back because we think that we're not good enough or we're still making mistakes and uh, I don't know how I can go to God in prayer because this is what I've done, and I don't want to expose myself to that. But the truth is, God knows. God knows already. He's waiting for you with open arms. He's saying, come on, I already know. It's not something that nobody's been through. People have made mistakes. People have fallen short. People have, have decided not to come to church, and all of a sudden they, you know, they come back because they feel the tugging on their heart. They say, God, are you still for me? Amen. He's there for you. It may feel in your life that it can be too tough or there's no way out. It may feel like the pathway that you're on, uh, there's no victory to it. That pathway may seem dry. You've been, you've been going along and you've been going through the motions of, of church and, and, you, and you've, been, you know, you've been doing things, uh, uh, but you're not talking to God as much anymore. Or, or you're not reading your word as much anymore. You're not doing things you used to do because you feel like your pathway is dry. It's a wasteland right now. But to tell you right now, I'll tell you, when you're ready to make a decision and to get away from that wasteland and to have God just open up and create the river that you're looking for, all you got to do is say, I'm here and I'm ready. 
I'm ready tonight. I'm ready. In Psalm 77, 19, it says, The Lord, the road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters. A pathway no one knew was there. No one knew was there. You didn't know. The person next to you didn't know. To the right to you didn't know. But Jesus said, it's there. Do you trust me? Do you trust me tonight? Do you trust me? I'm going to lead you through. God has led you through that road before. The waters might seem tough. They might seem mighty. But God tells us, he says that in Isaiah 43, that don't you see it? I've already begun that work in you. You're going to go through a trial. There are things in this life that are going to happen, but I already brought you through it. All you got to do is stay with me. I'll bring you through again. The devil wants to lie to us and say, oh, you can't do it. It's too hard. It's too uh, uh, treacherous. You know what? You're going to sink if you, if, you, if you hang on. You can't see nothing. There's nothing there. You're walking into darkness. You're walking into destruction. All that's a lie because there was a, there's a pathway there that you can't see. You're wondering where you're going on your journey right now, and you can't see it right now. But Jesus says, trust me, and I'll lead you through it. I've done it once, and I'll do it again. Don't give up on me. I'm here for you. God will create those rivers of blessing in your life, what you're looking for. And those blessings can come so many different ways. See, I, I, I say this, that when you decide to push through, right through that, that, that darkness, you see something that's in the way, there's a trial in you, and you push through, and you know God is leading you. Right on the other side of that, in the pathway you didn't know was there, your blessing is waiting for you. Right there, your victory is waiting for you. All you got to do is push through and keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. But you don't do it alone. See, sometimes people don't go through it because they think they're alone. They think that, you know what, I, if, if I'm going through it, uh, is God really going to be with me? Because I know I let God down. We all have. We've all fallen short. We've all made mistakes. But God is still with us. He's still with us and he's still, still for you and he's still pushing through with you. But all he says is, trust me, I will create rivers in that dry wasteland for you. I will create it for you. No matter how you feel, ask me. Ask me. I'm here for you. Oh, man, God is so good. Just like this neurosurgeon that I started off with, Dr. Alexander, he said time after time, is God real? Is there a loving God in this life? If, how could he be when, I, when all these things happen? And then all of a sudden, something tragic happened in his life. He got on his deathbed. He was near death. They were about to pronounce him dead, and God woke him up because I'm not done with you yet. Now I need you to share my message that I am real, that I am a loving God, that I am merciful, that I am faithful. All those things God is. God is the great I am. He's still the same, church. He's still the same. I, I tell you that because don't wait for something like that dramatic to happen in your life before you acknowledge him. You're here tonight because you're seeking something. You're seeking the Lord. Whatever you need, whether, whether you're coming to pray for yourself or, or intercede for a loved one because you know the situation they're in, prayer, when it happens, it's powerful. Pastor Omar mentioned prayer on Saturday. Oh, man, it is powerful. When you come seeking God and you pray and you speak to the King of kings and Lord of lords, he's here. And believer, if that's you tonight, believer tonight, if you're in that wasteland, it's time to trust God again. It's, it's time to ask him to pour out his spirit over your life. It's time to, to refresh you. It's time to, to receive all that God has from you. Don't put a wall up. Let that wall come down now. God can overflow in his abundance of blessing in your life. All you got to say is, here I am. 
Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.